Growing up in Australia, I remember as a kid when we were watching TV and how it used to cause fights between me and my older brothers. Depending on which part of the lounge room you were sitting in meant that you could hear the TV better in some spots than others. So if you got to that lounge room last, bad news. You had the bad hearing spot and chaos ensued. Thankfully, that is not a problem me and my kids will ever have to worry about thanks to ARC, the all-new premium smart soundbar from Sonos for TV, movies, music, gaming and more. ARC was designed from the inside out for incredibly clear sound and rich bass then fine-tuned by Oscar and Grammy-winning producers, mixers and artists. TruePlay tuning software further enhances your listening experience by optimizing ARC sound for the unique acoustics of the room. Furthermore, when the TV is off, I can stream music or podcasts or my favorite radio stations from all around the world using the Sonos app. So yes, while I'm a million miles away from where I grew up in Australia, I can still stream Triple M radio as if I'm listening from just down the road. Sonos works with all your streaming services, plus you can listen to thousands of stations free on Sonos radio, tune into local radio, relax with your favorite genres, listen to exclusive artist curated stations and discover new music on our signature station, Sonos Sound System. Honestly, my kids don't realize just how good they've got it. The sound quality of Sonos is so clear and crisp, you will find it hard to listen through any other device once you've tried it. It's easy to set up, it looks cool, and makes any room look cooler. And if you're into voice control, Sonos makes that easy to set up and use too. Go to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos Arc today. Finals preview podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, September 29th. I'm Jay Skeets and joining us live, as always, Tass Mellis. NBA Finals, but also Blue Jays playoffs. Here we go, Blue Jays. Ain't that right, Trey? Hum now, Jays. Hum now, Jays. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hum now! Hum now! Nice. Hat TK. Love it. Jays versus Rays. Juicy. And we got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Last but not least, making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to everyone joining us live right now on YouTube. Thanks to everyone who already hit up nodunks.com to buy our new Turn Up, Love You Guys Awesome t-shirt and or a classic No Dunks pin. Thank you so much. Go to nodunks.com to grab those. There's lots of other shirts you can grab as well. Keep your questions and your comments coming for tomorrow's Beach Steppin' Podcast. Yes, we're hitting the beach on Wednesday. Email them in nodunksattheathletic.com, your questions. Fire up the Twitter machine if you want, at nodunksinc. And I'll let you guys know right now, all you listeners and everybody joining us live on YouTube, we're going to wait until tomorrow's podcast to discuss Doc Rivers and the Clippers parting ways and these Victor Oladipo rumors and all of that good stuff. Uh, We'll get to that on tomorrow's Beach Steppin' Podcast because today, you know, it took a few extra months to make it happen. But the NBA Finals are basically here. Game one between the Lakers and the Heat tips this Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern on ABC. This marks the first Finals matchup between two teams who missed the playoffs the previous season. A little interesting there. Both squads, an identical 12-3 and in the playoffs, playing fantastic ball. Lakers beat the Blazers 4-1, the Rockets 4-1, the Nuggets 4-1, and the Heat. Things got a little more difficult as they went on. They swept the Pacers, took five to beat the Bucks, and then took six to beat the Celtics. So 
we got a lot of questions here for this podcast. We'll make our predictions near the end. But Tass, the first question, I just want to know, you know, sort of big picture stepping back, what's the juiciest final storyline heading into this Lakers Heat matchup? Well, I got to start it with the overarching storyline. I don't think it's the juiciest, but the overarching storyline is the team versus the stars. The best team in the bubble versus the team with the best player in the series. You could definitely argue that the Lakers have the two best players in the series, which doesn't happen very often. And if the Heat win, we'll be comparing them to the 2004 Pistons that overcame Shaq and Kobe. Or if they play really, 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 really well, we'll compare them to the 2014 Spurs that were moving the ball and <laughs> uh, played the most beautiful basketball in people's memory that overcame a LeBron and Wade team. Right. Uh, but the Lakers have the superstars. I think you can argue that the next best seven players in the series are all on the Heat's roster. I know that sounds a little nuts, but they're starting five plus Iguodala and Tyler Hero. You could argue are better than any KCP, Rondo, Kuzma, Dwight, yeah. whatever you want to throw out there. And that's a dumb argument to make, but that's just the way it is. That's the way we <laughs> do things around here. Uh, and I think that the team versus superstars is uh, it's it's the way people are going to pick the team that they root for as well. Uh, it, it Fans that love the team ball are going to pick the Heat. Or if you're a superstar type of fan... You're going to pick the Lakers, so I think it colors the series a, a few ways, and that's how uh, that's how I, I want to paint it as well. Because you're on one side or the other. I'm just trying to get people <laughs> riled up. Get into this thing. Let's get going. I know it's a nine o'clock Eastern for us Eastern time zoners, but we got to do it. We got to get into it, and I just want the fans to to follow suit. So that's that's the way I feel about it. It's probably something that's going to go away in the middle of the series, but I think when we look back, it's going to be especially if the Heat win, uh, it, it's going to yeah. be team versus superstars. I feel like uh, you were at the forefront, task of comparing this Heat run, what they're doing here in the bubble playoffs, to those Pistons 04. Because now I'm hearing it every single podcast I listen to, every article I read. I don't know. You were at the forefront, my man. You set the tone with that one, this idea that, yeah, they just have a bunch of great guys, but no one elite superstar, which you sort of need to have usually to win a championship. And uh you're, you're hearing those comparisons a lot there, Trey. And I and I think they are somewhat fair again if the Heat can pull this off. Yeah, it is the natural comparison to yep. make, uh, especially given, given the fact that it is the Lakers, right? It's yeah. not Shaq and Kobe. We got LeBron and AD now. In general, I'm a superstars guy. I can, you know, it's hard to remember all the different times we've looked at a LeBron team and said, look at this, they've got the two or three best guys, but the next seven are on the other team. That happened with the Raptors before they got Kawhi Leonard. It happened with the Bulls. It happened with the Pacers. There have been a lot of best third through eight players who have gone up against LeBron and fallen short, but none of them had to do it in a bubble. So we'll see how that plays out. It is interesting, though, because there are two All-Stars still on the Miami Heat, right? They had two All-Stars this year. They've also got Goran Dragic, who was an All-Star not too long ago. Andre Iguodala, who made an All-Star team, played on the Olympics. All these U.S. national teams, obviously a champion as well. So it feels like uh, the Lakers have so much more star power, but there's still some really good guys there in Miami. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, what's the bigger gap? Is the bigger gap between the Lakers superstars to then the Heat, you know, superstars, the stars in Jimmy and Bam, let's call them? Or is the bigger gap then between... The role players, like you guys are saying, like three through eight, the Heat's depth to the Lakers' depth. Like, what what's closer there? I, I don't know. We could argue about that if you wanted to. But, uh, Lee, what do you think of this superstars versus team battle here? Yeah, I mean, that's the way with basketball that because there's only five players out on the court at any one time, if you have the best player on your team, it tends to favor you. But 
you know, again, these circumstances are not normal and they're not usual. So it is a little bit different. And also you're looking at a team like the Miami Heat who historically are always just well prepared and they can handle going up against like a superstar like this. And LeBron, as brilliant as he is, and he's still, you know, maybe the best player in the game, he's not quite as sort of dominating and as overwhelming as he was in his prime years. Now, he's still very, very good. I don't want to get anyone uh, upset with me thinking he's not the best player still, but he's just, he doesn't carry quite that same power. And then Anthony Davis, he's never been to this stage before. He's never been in this position before. And you could argue, of course, all those players on the Miami Heat haven't either, except for Andre Iguodala, who's, who's 35, 36 years old. So, you know, I think the gap isn't huge. I think the gap is a yeah. little bit closer, um, you know, in terms of like, Anthony Davis and LeBron are two, the two best players in the series. But then after that, it's very, very even. And then a little bit of experience. The coaching comes into it. The defense, the depth, all those things play a factor, especially when there is no home court advantage. So I think overall, on paper, yes, you, you look at the Lakers and they have one and two. But after that, then it's like, well, you know, is that going to be enough against a team that we have seen so far defy expectations and come out and uh, and gotten themselves into an incredible position with the Miami Heat. So that's that's more than just their players. It's how they coach. It's how they prepare. And you know they just have that sort of that belief in themselves as well right now. So uh, this is a this is a fascinating matchup, and uh, I, I'm so excited for it. Yeah, for sure. All right. So task getting us started there. Yeah, the stars versus the team angle. What do you have, Trey? Juiciest final storyline for you. Well, if you're a Jimmy Butler boy like I am, it's probably because of the way he has played LeBron James in the past. In fact, showing up against LeBron in the playoffs kind of put Jimmy Butler on the map. Let's go back to 2013, Bulls heat in the second round. We're talking no rose for the Bulls. Luol Deng went out. He had a a mishap with a spinal tap. That happened in the playoffs. The guy had a mishap with a spinal tap, so Jimmy Butler went out and played 48 minutes against LeBron, guarded him the entire time. And a big game one win. Here's a headline from SB Nation. Jimmy Butler turns into the Bulls' Iron Man. The Chicago Bulls are asking Jimmy Butler to do everything all game, and somehow he's doing it. Butler guarded LeBron James, led all players in rebounds, scored well, and didn't sit for even a minute in the Bulls' shocking game one victory over Miami. This was seven years ago. I can't believe this was seven years ago, but they've been going up against each other for a long, long time. Uh, This will be the third time they've met in the playoffs. It was Chicago-Miami 2013 round two. That was a 4-1 Heat victory after the Bulls took game one. What a shocker. Then we had it again. Chicago versus Cleveland 2015 round two. Bulls game one victory. And the Cavs won that one 4-2. They have run into each other so many times. I didn't realize it. I threw uh, Jimmy Butler and LeBron into YouTube last night and just went through every single clip. They're, uh, yeah. The game winner that LeBron hits in 2015 against the Bulls, it's over Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was there when the Bulls broke uh, the Heat's 27-game winning streak. Yeah. Do you remember the game winner where LeBron was celebrating, but he would not celebrate with Isaiah Thomas? Remember that turning point for the Cavs? <laughs> that was over Jimmy Butler. Oh I had no goodness. idea. And they were both going crazy in that game, too. Nobody can stop LeBron, but Jimmy is a great LeBron foil. He's kind of always understood that you need to crowd his space, use your quick hands. He's strong enough to take some bumps. Nobody's going to stop LeBron. Jimmy's not going to even be stuck on LeBron the entire time. We know the Heat play a lot of zone, and they've got a lot of different options. Jay Crowder has history with LeBron, both as an opponent and a teammate. Andre Iguodala as well, obviously, playing there in Golden State, but... Jimmy versus LeBron on the biggest stage. It's going to be fun to see if Jimmy can elevate himself to true superstar status. Because, I mean, LeBron is the superstar. Like Jimmy said after the Heat clinched their berth in the finals, 
Seems like you always got to beat a LeBron team yeah. to win here, and we'll see yeah. if Jimmy can actually finally pull it off. Yeah, I saw a tweet going around the other night, too. John Ireland, I think, had it. LeBron and Jimmy have played head-to-head 34 times, and they're in a dead heat at 17-17 wow. and 17 <laughs> record. Yeah, that's yeah. A, re- that's a, a bit misleading, though. A bit yeah. misleading. Yeah, it is. It is. 14-9 and nine in the regular season yeah. for Jimmy. 8-3 and three in the playoffs for, for LeBron, LeBron, and yeah, that's yeah. kind of what it's always been. Like Tass is saying, Jimmy's usually been on the better team, but on the other hand, LeBron is on LeBron's team. So yes. that's an yes. advantage. That's a big, big advantage. Okay, so Jimmy versus Braun. Yeah, that should be exciting. Uh, what do you got, Lee? There's a lot of overlapping stories and history between these two franchises. Let's start. Pat Riley, a Lakers legend, won four championships there, went to the Knicks and then now down in Miami, where he won two championships with LeBron James. And a couple of times they had to beat Frank Vogel's paces to get to the finals. And now Frank Vogel is coaching LeBron against Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra won a couple of championships there. And of course, Pat Riley is known as the godfather and he brought LeBron James to Miami. He brought Chris Bosh there and it was all great. They went to four straight uh, finals and won two championships. But then when LeBron left, there was a little bit of uh, hurt feelings there from Pat Riley. Pat Riley sort of said, you know, I don't want all those smiling faces and hidden agendas because I think he thought LeBron was going to re-sign, but in Vegas, LeBron basically said, I'm out of here, I'm going back to Cleveland, and I don't think Pat Riley saw that coming, and I don't think he appreciated it. So, you know, even though they're all playing friendly, Magic Johnson sending out a tweet saying, Pat Riley, my great friend, (laughs) yeah, when the ball tips, you know that uh, those friendships are going to be put on hold a bit here. So I just think it is uh, fascinating that these two franchises, you know, uh, they've they've won a lot of championships. Well, obviously the Lakers have won more than the, uh, the Heat here, but... The Heat have sort of stolen what the Lakers were in the 80s, being that dominant team that were, you know, just they, they had that culture. And now I think you see that in the Miami Heat. So, uh, the, yeah, whoever wins this series, and Pat Riley's already had a victory over his old sparring partner, Danny Ainge, in, uh, right. in the Boston <laughs> Celtics. So Pat Riley, don't think that he's just forgotten about all the history in the past there. He wants to win against the Lakers. That would be fantastic for him. So uh, I think there's going to be quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of drama, quite a bit of tension. I want crazy. I don't want feel good. <laughs> Give me crazy. That's wow. what we want in the playoffs. That's what we want in the finals. I saw that. Uh, I think it was the OCR wrote, Lee, speaking to what you're talking about with Riley. There's not many basketball executives who can command more attention from the box than the players on the floor, but Pat Riley might be one of them. <laughs> there is some truth to that. I'll just double down on what you're saying, Lee, for my juicy storylines, because it is this idea of like revenge. So Pat Riley versus Braun. LeBron versus the Heat is uh, obviously really exciting. And LeBron's looking to win his fourth title here with his third different franchise, um, again, against one of the two franchises that he already led to two titles. We got Iguodala versus Braun. Trey brought it up. Um, you know, Iggy winning three titles with the Warriors. Got the 15 finals MVP for slowing down, uh, you know, LeBron James. But then LeBron gets revenge on him with the block and all that. We got Jimmy Butler versus the Doubters. Uh, you know, obviously, specifically, not Trey Kirby, but in Chicago and Minnesota and Philadelphia. And then we've got even Rondo and Dwight looking for some revenge versus the haters, like Lee Ellis, especially with Rondo, who said these guys are washed. They're, you know, they're a negative to your team. And then they've really impressed a lot of people down here in the bubble and, and throughout the playoffs. So, yeah, I love all this, like, revenge angles to uh, to this. And you're right, Lee, there's a lot of intertwining and overlapping. Mm. And that, that makes it exciting, Tass. Uh, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Well, yeah, Rondo versus the haters is interesting uh, because I think if if he has a Hall of Fame case in the end, uh, part of it will be I want a title on the Celtics and the Lakers, the only person in NBA history to ever, ever do that. 
Which is crazy. You'd think that there's somebody on the bottom of a roster that squeezed one out on, on both. But, <laughs> but the Celtics haven't, you know, they won in 08, but then they hadn't won a long time before that. And, right. and, and back in the day, you weren't playing for the Celtics and the Lakers. That just didn't happen. Just uh, but Rick Ro- Fox. Yeah, Ricky just, Fox. The Eggman. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Just Ulrich. Couldn't, couldn't pull it off. Couldn't oh, Shaq, pull it off. Shaq nearly did it, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, Shaq did play did for the Celtics. close? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can't, I, Conference finals, right? Yeah. Against the against the, the Magic in 09. But yeah, that's it. Uh, definitely a Rondo Howard versus all the people who hate yeah. him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, again, Lee Ellis specifically. Right? Do you consider um, the doubters and the haters to be different groups of people? <laughs> I'll be honest, uh, Trey. I just wanted to say something different. Okay. Like, you know, it's a classic move in podcasting. I, I, just change the word. A little, a little variety. I think they're right. different. I think they're different for sure. You can, you can hate someone uh, and you just hate them no matter what. And then you can also <laughs> doubt someone. And you're like, yeah, because there's people that doubt that Jimmy Butler can lead a team to an NBA sure. championship. And yeah, he's, sure. he's yeah, yeah. definitely shut up a lot of people, especially with his whole, like, hey, come on, let's just work hard and all that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and everybody else like, I don't want to work that hard. He's like, well, screw you then. Mm. But, yeah, I, there's a slight difference. I'm with yeah, you, Lee. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, a doubter as well could be like, I doubt Andre Iguodala can shut down LeBron James. Yep. You know? Yeah, you, you wouldn't hate be him. You don't hate him. Yeah, yeah, sure. Good point. You're just saying, like, you know, that storyline is kind of being a little bit overblown here because, you know, as we know, he didn't shut LeBron down at all. It was no. LeBron had no help on those rosters at all when uh, Iguodala won it. Iguodala also, Iguodala hit a ton of threes, too. I mean, it's overlooked because it's yeah. an easier storyline to say, oh, he beat LeBron and he slowed him down. But he also contributed offensively. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, some of us still think Curry should have got the finals MVP, but, you know, it's a. That's a conversation for another podcast, I get. We got a lot still to go here. Um, let's just get to the next question. Start really like getting into the nitty-gritty here. What's the key to this series, Tass? Why don't you get us started? I think it's Bam Adebayo's defense in general. He's going to be uh, matched up with Anthony Davis. And can he slow the leading scorer for the Los Angeles Lakers down? That's his number one objective. But this guy's got a lot on his plate. He's going to have a huge effect, not only on Anthony Davis, but on the other superstar, on LeBron James. Uh, so a huge effect on the two superstars. So it's up to him. You know, we know the Heat are going to throw up to uh, throw Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, uh, even Derek Jones Jr. and Andre Iguodala on LeBron. But I think the most important player in stopping LeBron uh, is a big man who can really make him think at the rim because you can't stop LeBron in, in the mid-range or at the nail or even at the three-point line. He's going to pick you apart with his passes or he's going to find a way to score. Uh, so I think... Bam Adebayo at the rim is really, really, really important uh, to slow to slow LeBron down. Just make him think a little bit. So we're going to see a lot of zone where Bam doesn't have to go out on the perimeter. He'll just be at the rim because, again, that's the only place you can stop LeBron. Uh, the only When he won the, his last title uh, in 2016 against Draymond Green and the Warriors, it was when Draymond Green went down and the series changed. I think Bam's got to set it from the get-go. He's got to be in LeBron's head uh, they got to get game one to me. I think that's the most important thing. And uh, I think Bam, because he's got so much on his plate, slowing down the two superstars uh, for the Lakers, I think you got to not rely on him as offensively or as much on the offensive end uh, because his task is so, so large on the defensive end. It's going to be up to the Heat guards, I think, to score on the other side. So Bam, man, young guy going up against the player of this generation in LeBron and Anthony Davis it's a lot on his shoulders, for sure, but I think that is really the key when it comes down to it, being able to slow them down just a touch. Okay, a dominating BAM performance. Pretty key for a task there for the Heat's chance to win this. Trey, what do you got? Pretty much the exact same thing. For me, it is controlling the paint, 
though not really because we just got to look at what the nba finals court is going to be like and the only paint on it is out of bounds so (laughs) controlling the lane sure we will say because bam is going to have his work cut out for him it'll be hard enough stopping lebron james as we saw um in the closeout game against denver when he decides i'm going to shoot a layup every single time there's not a lot that people can do to stop it and that's without accounting for the fact that anthony davis is the biggest mismatch in the nba right now how do you guard that guy how do you keep him off the rim john schumann's in the chat he has some incredible numbers over on nba.com talking about the lakers being the best uh second chance rebounding team and the best transition team that means you got to get back and you got to get boards you got to be able to shut it down inside it's a lot easier said than done. The Lakers have a lot of huge guys. They've got a lot of small guys who still play very, very big. Um, and it's going to just be it's going to be very tough for the Heat to to limit LeBron inside while also limiting Anthony Davis inside while also somehow trying to figure out how to score on the other side uh, on offense because both of these teams shoot a lot of threes, but they're also dedicated to the interior. And you see it really in the fourth quarter when it comes down to it. And the Heat are saying, Jimmy, get in the lane. Goron, get in the lane. Bam, maybe bring the ball up and get in the lane. Yeah. They understand that a layup and a dunk still the best shot in basketball. Who controls that uh, unpainted area is going to win this series. Hmm. Trey, Trey, let me ask you this. Do you think um, Vogel in game one, does does Dwight get the start? Does JaVale get the start? Do they not go too bigs and, and go with you know AD and, and then, of course, a, a smaller uh, LeBron or Kuz or whoever or Morris even for your four? Like, what do you think? The strategy is right from the jump for for Vogel and the Lakers. Do they lean into AD at the five or continue to play big, big ball? They'll probably start big, big ball, I would imagine. Dwight played pretty well this last series. had Certainly had an impact drawing fouls on Nikola Jokic. That's going to be another huge area for Bam to work on is staying out of foul trouble because they need him to play as many minutes as he possibly can in this series. If he's having to sit on the bench because of picking up a couple of early ones, Uh, That would be trouble for the Heat. But I think that the Lakers will start with their double bigs. They've been really good offensively with double bigs. And, you know, that's their standard alignment. So they'll at least start the series with that. The wild card is always whenever they go with Davis at the five. Because the guy's just an impossible matchup right now. Like, Bam is the guy you would say, oh, yeah, he's cut out to guard uh, Anthony Davis. He's got the size. He's got the strength. He's got the quickness. He's got everything you would think you need. But Anthony Davis, when we see him standing next to Bam, we're going to see how huge Anthony Davis Hmm. really is. I think we're we're still thinking of Anthony Davis when he was drafted as a skinny guy. But he's just like a mammoth, humongous center who's one of the fastest guys out there right now. It's it's crazy to see that, you know, his biggest playoff moment so far is hitting a three-pointer when really he could be dunking every single time. Yeah, that's a great point. I know, I think it was Hollinger too writing for The Athletic. Uh, The idea when the bigs are out there, AD, heck, Dwight, even JaVale to some degree, you know, the, the threat of a lob... Lee is there against a zone defense. I mean, especially when you have great passers like LeBron and Rondo, um, you can get sort of behind the uh, the defense a little bit when they're like collapsing into the middle and there's a lob threat there. There's an alley-oop threat there with some of those guys because you can literally just chuck it up there and have them go get it. And really as well for the Heat, who else have they got that they can play you know, minutes that they trust. I mean, Derek Jones. It's Jr. time to shotgun a beer and bring back Myers <laughs> Leonard, baby. But, but literally, that's what it is for Spolster. Yeah. It's like, I need to buy, you know, because he, he can't play 48 minutes of BAM every night, uh, you know, because he may get in foul trouble and just he's going to be exhausted if he has to do it at both ends of the floor because he's so important to what they do on the offensive end. So, you know, Kelly Olenek, you know, someone like that is going to have to mm-hmm. sort of somehow mop up a few minutes here for the Heat, but that is going to be danger time because... They've got JaVale, they've got Dwight, and they've got Anthony Davis. All those three guys, they can just lob the ball inside to. Who can? Who, they can all catch it and finish it and dunk. So that is uh, a real 
uh, question mark here for the Heat how they defend that, and uh, and and that's uh, it's it's going to be tough because you know we we know that um, Bam is so good. But for the Heat in this series, you know Kelly O'Neill when he came out, you know he he's a big for them. He's not a, he's certainly not a traditional big, but he was awful, and so and he's probably their most experienced guy. So that uh, that's just he, a question he was there. and he has been, but he also can catch fire and you know can give you yeah. something offensively if a big on the Lakers is matched up against him and he can pull him out and has hit some threes. He's going to have airspace. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you, yeah, he can. You're right, he can. But uh, we haven't seen anything near that right no. now. And uh, yeah, he, he needs to do it at least in one or two games. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how uh, the the Heat try to compensate when Bam is off the floor because that that's a huge, huge hole for them. Yeah, keeping them off the glass when the Heat are in the zone is going to be not. It's going to be easier said than done because I remember from high school days. Coach Nye always saying when a team was playing the zone against you, <laughs> hey, you can rebound because, and you can in theory because it's not man to man. It's not as easy to get you know a box out on a guy. There's just it's just like you're taking up a space, but you got to really work as a gang to rebound that and find somebody and block them out and stuff like that, but, especially uh, with the bigs on the Lakers. Didn't you have seven foot four Rick Smiths on your team? <laughs> no, 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 thinking, uh, thinking Daryl Smiths. Now, see, here's the thing: Daryl Smiths uh, by far the biggest guy on our team. Definitely the slowest, and didn't have a, didn't have a nose for the ball. Let's just say that. Let's just be honest. Dale Smith was forced to play basketball in high school. He hated it. He didn't want to play, but he was a giant. So they're like, "You got to play basketball." You got to play, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's something to watch. Okay, I'll get to my uh, sort of key here to this series. Um, you know, we talked about like great passing, and you can find that little law of the alley oops against the zone. But another big part to beating a zone, Miami's great zone is you got to hit the three because you're going to get looks. Now, you need to penetrate and then kick out if possible and not just swing it around, which we saw the Celtics do at times. But I mentioned this on a previous podcast. The Lakers are undefeated in the playoffs when they shoot higher than 30% from three. Haven't lost a game when they hit that mark. So we're talking Danny Green, KCP, Kuzma. I can't believe I'm saying it. Even Rondo Lee, who's, uh, you know, doesn't take a ton, but has been knocking them down with pretty good consistency. So they're going to be there, especially the corners. That's a look that you're going to get against the zone defense. And uh, they're going to have to hit some. Uh, they, they just, as simply as that, I don't care if you got LeBron and AD, some of these guys got to contribute. And you got to have one or two of them, like the Heat do, where we talk about, like, hey, is Hero going to have the game from distance, or is it Drogage, or is it Duncan Robinson? Same thing with the Lakers. They're just not as big of names. But those guys, and they've proven it before, especially in Danny Green and finals, got to knock them down. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm watching. Keep it as simple as that. And we saw, by the way, if you go back to the regular season, remember 2019, guys? <laughs> these teams did play. Uh, the Lakers scored 39 points on 35 possessions against Miami's zone in the regular season. So, again, Lakers can offer a different look. There were different pieces even at the time. There's no Iguodala, no Crowder, and stuff like that. But just so you know, they've seen it. And, uh, man, I think the best guy you'd want on your team to beat a zone is LeBron James. He's probably the smartest player of all time. Rondo might be second, for crying out loud. So that's good. That's a good thing for the Lakers. I mean, Anthony Davis, honestly, might be third as well. He's a pretty good passer from uh, a pretty good passer and a decent 15-footer. And that's if he's playing at the nail. If he's the guy in the dunker spot, you mentioned it earlier. It's going to be an alley-oop fest. It it could Mm -hmm. be. Like Tyler Hero. What's Tyler Hero doing when you throw an alley-oop to Anthony Yeah, I mean, he's he's in probably one of the corners, and he's good luck getting back to – get a body on that alley-oop. I, I, I agree with that. What do you have, Lee, here for a key? Yeah, well, I'm similar to you. I'm actually going with the Heat, but I'm going specifically with their three-point accuracy because in wins in the bubble, they're shooting 38% from downtown, and in losses, it's down to 28%. And also in losses, they're just firing away a lot more. Now, they're actually hitting 
about a similar amount, 14 in wins and 12 in losses. But it's that accuracy which is really, really important here for mm-hmm. Miami. And that's just where they can at least stretch the Lakers out. They've got guys who can shoot it in Hero, Robinson, Dragic. I mean, Crowder, if he can find his spot again, and you saw what Iguodala did in Game 6 against the Celtics. So there's so many guys who are capable of knocking them down. I think this is just so important for Miami that they have to be able to get those guys going early and just hitting them a lot because this is the way that the Heat play. You know, Bam, we know he's great, but he's going to be facing just a brick wall every time he goes into the paint here. He's not going to have it like he did against the Celtics where he's going up against Tice and Cantor and Williams or whoever it was. Now he's going to have... Dwight or JaVale or Anthony Davis almost every single time he touches the ball. So he knows a good passer. He's going to look for his shooters. They have to knock him down. And that's when the Heat are at their best, when it's like the, the, the other team is kind of scrambling because if that ball moves around and it goes from Hero or to, Dunk, uh, to Duncan Robinson or whoever it is, and they're open, I feel good that those guys can knock those shots down. And they've both shown as well, they're capable of hitting five or six or seven in a game. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that that is something that's very, very important for Heat. They need to have those guys hitting threes. Dragic has hit some big ones. Crowd, as I mentioned, didn't have a great series against the Celtics. Prior to that, he was very, very good. So uh, that is a huge, huge factor here for Miami. Those threes are dropping. They're a chance. If they're not, it's really, really hard to see how they're going to get uh, points flowing. You know, That's I mean, a- Jimmy Jimmy Butler, we know he's a gr- he can be a good scorer. But again, you're going up against uh, a, just a completely different uh, defensive look. So I think that's key that Miami can uh, hit some threes. It's almost cheating picking three-point shooting as a key to a series in 2020 because it's so obvious, right? It's like, yeah, you're going to have looks. They're going to give them to you and you have to hit them at a decent clip. I I I did the same thing as you, Lee. Yeah, I think I actually picked this for my uh, key to the series for the Heat so far every single time. Okay, well, it's it's proven to be true. (laughs) It has, though. It has. And and, and again, you know, from one night to the next, you're going to see... You know, you've seen Duncan Robinson hit six or seven threes and then while Tyler Hero maybe only has one or none... You know, so they, they've got different guys who can do it. You're not relying on the same guy, but someone has to do it every game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anything to add to that, that task? Either the bigs, what the Vogel and them do, the shooting, stuff like that? No? All right. Well, no. we got lots more. Okay. We got, yeah. we got lots more. Here we're going to talk uh, X factors for both teams. We're going to make our finals predictions. But first, a quick break from our sponsor. There is a maximum of seven games left in the NBA season. So you may want to find a new sport to watch. Football, perhaps? I heard it's good. A lot of things happening in the NFL. Josh Allen is the new player that everybody wants a piece of. Yeah, he's really turned it around. What? A remarkable switch up by Josh Allen. The season is just getting started. You'll have months of entertainment. And what better place to scratch that sports itch? Then with DraftKings. All right, this is supposed to be a basketball ad. Basketball show, basketball angle. Shouldn't be writing my own copy. But I love the pigskin. Okay, let's get to the basketball. (laughs) Only two teams remain. That's right. Now we'll find out which will be crowned basketball's champion. And there is no better place to get in on all of the action with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To celebrate basketball's championship, DraftKings will have millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs all week long for all of those seven games. Yeah, we're going long, baby. Mm. So get in on all of the action now, if you haven't tried it yet, fantasy basketball, it's easy for all you smart people out there. Pick six players, stand under the cap, and pile up points for threes, boards, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge and luck to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars. With millions of bucks up for grabs this week, no better place to have pigskin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN. Should be passed. Teams are passing now in the NFL. Josh Allen going deep. 
Uh, to get that's promo code run to get a free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum five dollar deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Yeah, I saw the Twitter machine going crazy last night for uh, Patrick Mahomes. What was he up to last night there, TK? Doing something special out there on the gridiron? Always, man. Always. The Bears are 3-0 and right now, but they drafted Sam Bowie. They took Mitch Trubisky at number two. They traded up for him. They could have had Patrick Mahomes, the greatest football player of his generation, wow. but... Like I said, Bears 3-0, and Bills 3-0, and see you in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Duh, no Bills, duh, Bears. Yeah, Patrick yeah. Mahomes, don't call me Pat. His mother tweeted saying, oh. tell this announcer to stop calling my son Pat Mahomes. It's Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Unless that was a fake mom. I'm pretty sure it was his real mom. I did see, I only saw one clip on Twitter. He did like a, he literally did a, a, a fake jump throw is the best way to call it. Wow, you don't see that often. He jumped Lee like he was going to throw it <laughs> and obviously did a pump fake. Now, you see, the, of course, a pump fake all the time. Mm. or a, what, what do you call it? What am I? Pump fake? That's not right in football, is it? Yeah, same thing. Fake. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. yeah. And, uh, but he did it while jumping. It was insane. Mm. Uh, guy's so damn athletic. He also threw a 60-yard bomb while fading away running backwards. Oh, right on the money. Oh, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. <laughs> Calling him Pat no matter what, though. Oh, that a... And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Let's get to some X-Factors. Let's start with the Heat. Potential Miami Heat X-Factor in this NBA Finals matchup. Task, get us started. Who you got? Well, this one's hard because they have so many guys that can pot you 20 points. No mm. problem. So I went with a guy uh, who's going to be more of an impact, I think, off the floor. And, and that sounds dumb uh, when the game is played on the floor. But Andre Iguodala and uh, his arms. He's going to play a lot of defense with those arms on LeBron. You know, he's he's... he's crafty and handsy but uh, as far as off the floor not one of their starters has been in an NBA finals before so Mm. I think they're going to rely on Iggy a little bit just for that boost uh, because he's been there so many times against LeBron James and beating LeBron is mental I think that's a huge huge part of it just having that confidence and obviously they've got uh, guys who've won championships not in their starting five but yeah up there with the mask on and Pat Riley. Uh, and, and so I think a lot of it is part of that culture. And Iguodala was brought in for this purpose to to sort of introduce that that winning idea and culture, even though they've got guys who've got a ton of playoff experience and Jimmy and Goran Dragic uh, and others. Iguodala is just going to be more of a, hey, guys, I, I've, I beat this guy. I beat this guy. Just to give him a little bit of that mental edge, because, you know, LeBron comes in with that. Uh, that edge himself. So that's what Iguodala is going to be doing. And then he'll be flailing his arms at uh, at LeBron, trying to distract him and trying to get a swat here or there and trying not to get a foul call. So Iggy's my guy. All right. Who you got, Lee? I'm actually going with uh, Jay Crowder because uh, he has been very, very good for the Heat in the playoffs. Certainly in the first two rounds where he was knocking down those threes, shooting 40% on nearly four a game, but he really cooled off against the Boston Celtics. 
to the point where he was only shooting 25%, and, they, and the shots just didn't look the same. But he is so important, not just on the offensive end, but on the defensive end as well. I think he probably starts on LeBron myself because he's a big guy, he's a stronger guy. Uh, look, no one can stop LeBron, and I, I think that if you're the Heat, you probably want to bring Iggy off the bench. That's that's my guess. I don't think they want to start Iggy. Yeah, I think, I, would think I, so. I, I think Crowder probably starts on him. So he's got to do a good job on him. He's got to make LeBron work. He's got to he's got to get into his face. He's got to be physical with him. He's got to stay in front of him. All these sort of cliched things that we talk about. But this is Crowder's, I think, primary responsibility for the for, for the Heat out there. And then on the offensive end, if LeBron picks him up. Go to the corner and you hit those threes, man. You've got to you've got to sort of try to punish LeBron if you can at that end. I think that's such an important factor because we know Dragic has got to be big for them. Obviously, Jimmy and Bam, but Crowder has a huge role to play in this series. And now if he's good and if he's hitting threes and playing good defense, then that's huge for Miami. But if he's not, if he's missing those threes, if he gets in foul trouble, or if he's just uh, you know not doing a good job on LeBron, then it's like he, he's he becomes a passenger on that team. So uh, we've seen him be very very good at times, particularly down in the bubble. We've also seen at times it sort of uh, regressed to the mean a little bit, particularly with that three-point shooting. But I think the Heat trust him, and I think the Heat realize that it's like this is a guy who can, you know, we saw him hit six threes at one time against the Celt- uh, this is, uh, Bucks, excuse me. Um, so, you know, he's capable of big nights and big important minutes out there, and now he has to absolutely produce for the Heat. I like that both teams basically have the same guy. The Lakers have Danny Green and the Heat have Jay Crowder. And it's like those guys could catch fire, five or six, no problem threes, or uh, they could have a long, long night and look like they're uh, look like they're a little washed at times out there. But that's mm. a good one. Great X Factor. Trey, what do you got? Who do you got? Um, what do you got? Maybe it'll be Solomon Hill. You know, we've said it was the Jay Crowder trade for a while, then it turned back to the Andre Iguodala trade uh, during the last series. And maybe it'll be the Solomon Hill series. That's quite the X Factor. Solomon Hill comes in, lights it up. Like he's playing against the Raptors in 2016. (laughs) Oh, get it off in time, buddy. Anyways, for me, the X factor is the zone. The zone basically won the Heat, the series against the Boston Celtics. They look like they had never seen a zone before, despite seeing it several times against the Raptors. The uh, the Lakers will now have had a few days to prepare for it, not to mention the zone has kind of been the story of the bubble for the Heat. Uh, So it's it's not going to be a surprise. And they've done very well against it. Like we said, they've got three great minds for slicing up the zone. That being said, you would still think it's going to be an effective strategy just because the Lakers' three-point shooting can come and go. Yep. And they score a ton of baskets inside. If you want to uh, if you want to gum up the paint, put as many guys around the paint as you can. It certainly worked against the Celtics. The Lakers are going to be ready for it. They're going to be prepared for it. And they've got the guys to beat it. But Miami's still going to want it to be successful. And to even get into a zone... They've got to be getting back on defense, right? they got to take away the transition attack of the Lakers. Uh, LeBron wants to push the pace. Rondo wants to push the pace. Anthony Davis is obviously a terror in transition as well. So to set up a zone, you gotta get, you got you to gotta score, then you got to get back on defense before the other team, and then you got to set up, and then you got to guard all the guys. Could it work? It could work. Uh, yeah. You would think more teams would try zoning up on the Lakers, but... They've got some great basketball IQs there, so they may be able to slice it up. Miami's still going to try it, though. Oh, that's I'm so excited to see LeBron specifically try and beat a zone, like a a really good-looking zone, too, as we've talked about with Jimmy or Crowder or Iguodala at the front. That's what makes this zone incredible. It's those two guys at the front that are big, strong, are, you know, even when they get beat, are then coming back from behind and, and obviously putting pressure on. So yeah, I'm so excited to see what Vogel and LeBron and uh, and the Lakers what their what their strategy is to try and unlock this and uh, and get good lucks. 
I will go... I, I struggle with this one because, like you sort of were saying there, Tass, it feels like you can pick a lot of guys. I mean, there's like we talked about all these guys that can like catch fire from three, so you can pick one of them. I guess I'll just go Tyler Hero, um, only because when you think about it, he played against the Lakers in the regular season um, 10 months ago, like games in November and December, and he was obviously a rookie, and he did nothing. I think he shot like 5 of 20 in the two regular season games combined. So it's like, and that why would that be a surprise? Again, he's a rook that a lot of people hadn't even heard of at that time, but that was a long time ago. This guy's matured a lot. You know, he's grown a couple whiskers in there even. So, uh, I, I, you know, Hero could be huge. And I don't think he's going to be afraid of the moment. We've seen him in the conference finals go for 37. I think that could, he could be due for one of those again here in the finals and everybody's going crazy. Yahoo Sports had him on the poster for this game, for crying out loud. You know, it was LeBron and AD versus Jimmy and Tyler Hero. Man, the disrespect to Bam there, but uh, he's special. And uh, he could obviously change a, change a game. He could even just change a half and a quarter with that guy uh, when, he, when he catches fire. And, and it's not just three-point shooters. He's got some mm-hmm. handle. He's not afraid to go inside. He's got a little playmaking. He needs to be a part of that gang rebounding, as we talked about, especially when they're in the zone and they're playing a couple bigs against the Lakers. So I'll go Tyler Hero. But you could talk me into literally any of the guys. You, I, 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 like outside of the stars, give me Drogic. You know, like give me the like you guys said, Iguodala, Crowder. I think Derek Jones Jr. might get dusted off and thrown out there in this series. Um, again, for for zone reasons, he's lengthy. He's played LeBron before too. Um, just being super super athletic. So we will see. Let's move over to the uh, the Lakers though. X Factor Lee, why don't you get us started on this one? Who you got? Well, you guys kind of talked about it a little bit there with Dwight Howard, and I think uh, he was very good in the last two games for the Lakers coming into that starting lineup, just basically throwing his body on the offensive end and then defensively getting in Nikola Jokic's face. And I think if you're Frank Vogel, why wouldn't you start him in this series and and have him do the same sort of uh, job against Bam Adebayo, just get in his face? He's a big, strong, athletic guy that's going to make it tough. He's got six fouls out there he can use. I don't really see JaVale McGee getting, uh, going back into the starting lineup considering what we saw from Dwight. He played good minutes. He, he <laughs> kept his behavior and his composure mostly. I mean, he's always, uh, he's always walking that fine line. But I think Dwight has earned at least that opportunity to start. And if you're Bam and you see Dwight, you're like, oh, this is going to be a bit of a tough start because he's going to be in your face. He's going to be getting under your skin and bumping you around. But if you see JaVale, you think, okay, well, I can probably get a few baskets here. So uh, Dwight, if he can sort of keep the car in the lane and and keep himself on the right track here, then he uh, certainly shapes up to be a very, very important player here for the Lakers because, as we've seen, if he can get Bam in foul trouble and get him off the court, that's a huge advantage to the Lakers. And if he can just contest those shots, keep them off the boards, you know, it's it's just going to make uh, Bam have to work so much harder. And then on the uh, defensive end for Bam as well, you know, Dwight's going to be in there trying to get those uh, offensive rebounds going up for Oops, trying to be a factor on the on the, uh, for the Lakers. So, uh, you know, Dwight, he's uh, it, you know this time, well, not a year ago, but over a year ago when it was like, man, is he going to go back to the Lakers? Like, what can he do? Can he keep him uh, behave himself? Well, he's shown that he actually did adapt to that role as a as a role player coming off the bench, and he played it very well for most of the season. And now he's so close to a championship, he wants to be able to continue to do that and show that to his team. So I think uh, he has a he has potentially a very big uh, role to play in this series. Okay, I like Who's it. Who's he going to be trash-talking, Lee? That's the real question. <laughs> There's nobody out there that has a comic book nickname, unfortunately. Mm, right, mm, right. Mm, right. Mm. Maybe he hates, uh, he might hate Michelob Ultra or something like that. <laughs> Jimmy Coffee, maybe he doesn't drink coffee for all we know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it could be something like that. It'll be interesting to see Dwight just out there. Uh, John Schumann's got the stat. He's been the foulest guy in the entire bubble. 
Jimmy's gonna have some pump fakes ready for him. Let's just say that. Dwight's gonna be throwing his body around. We'll see if he sticks around. All right. Who do you got, Tass? Lakers X Factor. Well, I never would have thought I'd pick this man, but Kentavious Caldwell Pope. He has been the most consistent player behind LeBron and AD recently. Uh, he's had an up and down existence in the NBA. He was a Detroit Piston for a long time. People got very high uh, on his potential. Then he went to the Lakers. Then people got very low on him that he was overpaid. Uh, and now he's come back to the right evaluation, I believe. Mm-hmm. He, he's just solid out there. We all were pondering throughout the season, is Danny Green um, ever going to be uh, on the bench for this team? Is, is, is he ever going to sit? Because they just don't have a lot of consistent guys. Well, Green went to the bench because he wasn't hot. I thought Kyle Kuzma would be a consistent number three guy after watching him early in the bubble. Well, he went to the bench because he wasn't that hot. Uh, but uh, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, a great three-point shooter in this last series, playing 30 minutes a game. Uh, he And I think he is the most likely to hit a big three out of all those role players. And he's most likely to play the most solid defense against a Heat team that's got a billion guards that can score 20 points. I think they're going to rely on him a ton. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think uh, he'll be out there. The question is, will KCP be able to continue to be clutch CP? I'm not 100% positive on that, but he's got the potential. He did some great things in in the Western Conference Final, catching balls at his ankles from Rondo and and throwing up chucks that went down. (laughs) Uh, He had a, a great percentage Played solid D. Uh, so I, I think KCP is uh, another one of the guys that LeBron has, has brought over. As LeBron said, I brought Anthony Davis over. Rondo said LeBron <laughs> brought me over. And now KCP definitely brought over from LeBron. LeBron definitely got that contract from Clutch Sports. Uh, kudos to LeBron for that. But now he's paying off because he is he's literally more consistent than... Danny Green right now, or Kyle Kuzma, or Rondo, or even Alex Caruso. So I'll go with KCP. Yeah, and he'll probably be matched up on Dragic, I'd assume, for a good chunk of this. And you're right, Tass. He's a wicked uh, catch-and-shoot three-point um, shooter as well, which is against a zone. I mean, you're going to, get again, have those looks and be able to step into them. And just off the pass, again, when you got LeBron as your teammate and Rondo. So, yeah, he's huge. That's a, that's a good one for the Lakers. Who do you got, Trey? Well, first of all, I want to give some kudos to Ragin' Brownie in the YouTube chat who uh, commented, Dwight's going to be like, you want to be the hero? I'm the villain. Mm. It was sitting right there. Got in just before John Schumann did with the exact same joke, unfortunately, for him. And hey, Bam is a superhero comic book sound effect. So Dwight... He could be the X Factor. I'm now thinking he is the X Factor. It's like uh, it's like the unbreakable universe for those M. Night Shyamalan fans out there where everything is somehow a comic book. I guess yeah. Dwight Howard has cracked the code. Uh, but for me, the X Factor is going to be Rondo. He was great in the Western Conference Finals, and he's instrumental to the Lakers pushing the pace. They're such a good transition team. And Rondo is one of the factors for that because he can get LeBron some easy baskets, and he also gets easy three-point looks for KCP, Danny Green, Caruso, all the guys he plays alongside of that you don't necessarily want handling the ball, but are okay if they're hitting the shots. We'll see how he does against the zone. Uh, he he can make a three-point shot. He still yeah. doesn't necessarily want to shoot him, but he's got a, a great basketball IQ to carve things up with his passing as well. But perhaps the zone throws him off. That being said, he's been in the NBA for 100 years. He's probably seen a lot of zones and figures out how to attack him, but... Rondo was an X-factor against the Nuggets, and I assume he'll be the same against the Heat. 
Okay, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I can't believe I'm gonna say this. I'll preface this by saying I do not think he's all that good, and I think he's terribly overrated. And I'm talking about Kyle Kuzma. Uh, will he be a Kyle though or a Carl? That's what it comes down <laughs> to. But because I will say this. Kuzma's game, in theory, could be a really good counter to his own defense. Um, he he will move off the ball, and you know there's seams in the defense of his own defense for some cuts, some timely cuts. So you can you can find some space. And then, as I talked about, the short corner is there. There are open threes in the corner, usually against his own defense, and really against the Heat's own defense because it is a hero placed in the corner there, or you know a Drogic or a Duncan Robinson. Like you're gonna get looks. And again, when LeBron's the quarterback, he's going to throw it to you right on the money there. So Kuzma's got to hit shots. And he's overrated just because he's a Laker. I mean, if Kyle Kuzma played for the Hornets and scored 18 points per game, like no one would give a damn. No one would care at all. But it's because he's in LA. He's got a cool look. He's got a social media presence. You know, people think, a lot of Lakers fans, think he's better than he maybe is. And uh, he's struggled. He has not played all that well here. But I think he could have a little, uh, you know, unlocking here against the zone defense. Because in theory, that this what he does could work well against the zone defense. But he's got to hit shots is what mm-hmm. it's going to come down to. And, and maybe he does for a game or two. And then people will be saying Kyle Kuzma for finals MVP. I, I can see it now if he has one or two good games. I can see it now. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, start wrapping this up here with some... Some predictions. Before we get to our actual, like, who wins this thing, how many games predictions, I thought we could do some, like, silly or random or specific predictions. JD, I want to get you in on the mix as well, but uh, who wants to get us started with this? Uh, you know, who, who has a really strong, silly or random prediction they want to throw out for this finals? I've got one. Okay. I think we're going to see someone hit 10 threes in a game. Uh, maybe Tyler Hero, maybe Duncan Robinson. 10? Wait, Curry has the record. Right? Yeah, the, what? Nine, uh, I think yeah. he hit in a finals uh, game. Yeah. This the, Down in the bubble, everyone's shooting him so well. Danny Green. Maybe Danny Green just has it in one game. That's all he hits for the entire series, but he hits 10 in one game. Oh, wow. I just think we're going to see some crazy stuff down there. So, uh, yeah, you wanted a crazy prediction? Yes. There's one for you. I, 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 the only reason I push back is I have in my notes somebody hits eight threes. I got oh. really specifically. <laughs> I'm not. I can't go. I can't go with someone tying or beating Curry with. Ah, oh, man! Didn't you want crazy? I, I, you know, I. I is it no, happen? I didn't ask for crazy. I said silly, random, or very specific. <laughs> okay. Uh, not crazy. Silly and specific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So somebody hits ten threes. Uh, and if you had to pick who, you're saying what? Danny Green. I'm saying Tyler. I'm going with Tyler. Okay, I'm Tyler right here. Here. Oh, 10-time yeah. Tyler. 10-time Tyler. Okay, Trey, what do you got for a weird prediction? Six wedgies. We're going to get a wedgie per game. <laughs> well, I've heard about 50. Uh, yeah, it was, it's been a long time since we've seen a wedgie. Uh, to be honest, my actual stupid, silly prediction is that LeBron is going to come out with his own fake business to rival Big Face Coffee because Jimmy Butler has been the social media star of the bubble with yep. Big Face Coffee. You know, he's somehow turning it into a real brand. He's got the Lululemon stuff going on. Uh, now there's Little Face Coffee as well. LeBron can't like that. So he's going to have something during the finals that reminds us that LeBron likes to build camaraderie with his teammates. He likes having fun too. I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe King's Croissants, something mm. like that. I don't know if he, he knows all the folding necessary for the lamination of a croissant, but it sounds good. And, and as I've talked about before, a croissant should cost $20. Yeah, very I mean, delicate. It takes so long, the amount of work that goes into it. It's the, it's an unbelievable value, what we pay for croissants. They've got it all wrong. It should be 10 times more. Uh, okay, what do you got, uh, Tass? What's your prediction here? Weird prediction. 
Uh, well, the Heat's Derek Jones Jr. is going to play. Uh, okay. There's going to be somebody getting gets in foul trouble. Uh, and Derek Jones Jr. is going to get to the top of the zone. He's going to use those long arms. And the, uh, the former slam dunk champion is going to get a deflection. He's going to turn it the other way. He's going to have a huge jam. And then the nickname Derek Zones... Uh, is going to take off. It's going <laughs> to roll. Derek Zones Jr. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I think that's a, a John Hollinger. All this John Schumann love. Enough of that. Let's get some John Hollinger love. I think that's a John Hollinger original. And maybe Dwight Howard will talk trash to Derek Zones because I'm pretty sure that De- Dwight Howard watched Game of Zones, the Bleacher Report animated <laughs> series. Right. Uh, so he'll start calling him Derek. What are you going to do, Derek Zones? I'll take care of you, Derek Zones. Uh, that, there, there could be the superhero uh, the superhero line. I'm sure Dwight misses Game of Zones and was, was probably pissed that he never featured in it. I'm guessing. I'm he guessing never he never featured it. it. Oh, I don't man. know. I would be shocked. I feel like everybody made a cameo in Game of Zones. The thing went on for like five seasons, didn't it? Oh, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Howard Dwight, Beck was Dwight, in it for crying out Dwight's been a, <laughs> Dwight was a Charlotte Hornet and an Atlanta Hawk five years ago, so I don't know. Uh, true. But he likes to fart. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe his butt. Maybe gear. his animated butt was it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. All right, uh, JD, what's your um, weird prediction for the finals? My weird prediction is, uh, you may remember back during Rockets uh, Thunder, we saw a bunch of tweets running around or uh, circling around with a butt in the virtual screen, right? <laughs> oh, uh, yes, yes, I, yes. I don't think it actually made the broadcast. But I predict that we will be seeing a butt or something mildly inappropriate that's actually wow. going to make the the, uh, the broadcast. And this is why there's no consequences anymore, right? I mean, what are they going to do, <laughs> sure, right? You're sure. going to get banned for life from the virtual screen. I mean, who cares? <laughs> who cares? And also, I would encourage people to moon the to moon the ca- their cameras because we need to burn that bridge. Like, you know, like let's just get rid of it. I think we all will agree that the bubble has been a, a, an amazing success. I mean, oh, think think back sure. to when they first introduced this idea. We we were like not even sure that we were going to make it to to the finals. And right. here we are. Everything has been awesome, except for that virt- the virtual fans. I, I, like, I hate it. So, you know, let's see some butts on that screen. All right. <laughs> see some virtual ass. Why not, right? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Make, make the director work, you know? Like, you, you right. got to make sure that, they, that they're, they're paying attention, right? Right, right, right. So, Lee, I mean, you uh, did you think about showing your ass when you made a virtual... Um, Appearance the other, I guess, last uh, last series. No, but I may be in for one of the finals games as well, so maybe I'll reconsider. uh, 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 JD, why don't you come on over and maybe you can show your butt. Gladly. Why don't you show your hey Lee? Why don't you show your fun dick? (laughs) (laughs) You know what would be great is if somebody was receiving a wedgie. So we saw like a butt with a wedgie. Yeah. Okay. And I say we count that. If that happens, we'll count it. We'll oh, count okay. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay, that's a great prediction. Um, I, I only have like two little quickies here. And I think, Lee, you started this whole thing because I saw that people running with this the last couple of days. This idea that Dion Waiters, <laughs> he can't lose. He can't lose. He's guaranteed a championship ring regardless of the finals outcome because he was on the Heat. Now he's on the Lakers and, uh, you know, he's going to get a ring. That's not true, though. That is not true at all because if the Heat were to win this thing and pull this off, it's up to the team to decide whether or not they want to give the guy a ring. 
There's no freaking way that the Heat, I think, would give Dion Waiters a ring after the after how he left that team unceremoniously. So, like the Raptors didn't give Valanciunas a ring. So I just want to push back on that. I yeah, think no, that the Heat I, I, win I, Waiters yeah. doesn't get one. It's up to each franchise to decide yeah. how they do it because exactly. Andy Varejao apparently rejected one right. from the right. Warriors. Uh, well, I don't that. think Waiters would reject one. I think they would, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll take that, but yeah. I just don't I, think they would offer him one. Yeah, I'm not sure what the Heat have done in the past, but I'm sure at some point they've traded away a guy. They've gone on to win the championship. And I, I think they probably, excuse me, <clears throat> I think they probably did offer their player a ring. So that's what I think. I have no, I don't know if that's true or not. But So you heat, think if the Heat win a title, they will uh, offer Dion Waiters a ring? Well, no, I'm just saying in the past, they think they've done it this year, <laughs> different circumstances. I'm talking though, about so. the particular player yeah, here. Yeah. I think that's the important part. Yeah, okay, I mean, anyway. Yeah. Well, there is that story about uh, Stan Van Gundy when he was uh, relieved of his duties before the 2006 right. finals and Pat Riley coached them to a championship. They offered him a ring afterwards, and he said, nah, thanks. Right. Mm. Okay. Don't, well, don't mm. want that. You can keep that. Hey, mm. they're all about heat culture. Maybe one, if you're there and you're a part of that squad, I guess maybe they will offer him one. But uh, They retired Michael Jordan's number. <laughs> that's true. That is MJ's getting a ring this year? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's number seven. <laughs> number Ooh. seven. It's going to be really tough for LeBron. LeBron not only has to win four here, he's got to prevent Michael Jordan from winning his seventh. Jesus. <laughs> um, no, my weird prediction, I don't know how it's going to come about. Obviously, I don't know which team yet. Is it going to be a, a Lakers player or a Heat player? But there's going to be some joke guys at the end of this thing when the confetti falls and they're handing over the lob like some joke about are you going to disney world and it's like (laughs) hell no that's the last place i want to go or something like i'm sure as hell not going to disney world get me the hell away from disney world there'll be some joke of like the classic cliche of winning a title and like hey what are you doing now we're going to disney world that's the last place these guys want to go, I assume, after winning this thing. They want to get out of there. So there'll be some sort of little uh, little joke made probably on Mike with, uh, you know, whoever it is. Uh, who would be doing it? Who'd be out there? Rachel Nichols like, mm-hmm. or something like that. That's my weird prediction. But let's get to the real, real predictions here. J.D., you get us started. NBA Finals <laughs> pick and prediction. Who do you like? How many games? <laughs> Well, this is a is this our fifteenth year, fifteenth season? I think that we've been covering this fifteenth finals that yeah, we'll have made predictions finals. for. Yeah. So, yeah. That yeah. sounds 15th right. Finals, yeah. yeah. So this is the first time that I'm not rooting for a sweep, right? But, I mean, every year right. I've just I didn't care. I just wanted it done, right? <laughs> this year, I, you know, what? It's it's a pretty light lift, you know. I roll out of bed and here I am. Doing so, you know, hey, let's go seven. Let's, I want this bubble because, again, it was such a huge success, I think. And uh, let's make it exciting and let, let's have it go to seven. So, okay. uh, so I'm going to pick the Heat in seven just simply because I shouldn't, like, disrespect LeBron like this. But I'm rooting for the, the guys on the Heat. I think they're a like, more likable team. Mm. Uh, so that's who I want to root for. If I pick the Lakers, which is probably the smarter pick, I'm going to have to be rooting against the Heat, and I don't want to do that. I want to root okay. for the uh, for for the Heat. So Heat in seven. Okay, way to get us started here, Tass. Why don't you go next? What do you got? I love it, JD. I- I'm totally with you. I think this will be a, a nice long series, and it's just that unprecedented factor of guys uh, being able to put. Just the, the, the play to their potential. Have a twenty. Have a twenty-five. Have a thirty-point game off the bench like a Tyler Hero. I, I think this is the 
year where you could see an upset. So why the heck not pick this Miami Heat team where role players, uh, you know, don't feel the pressure of, of an opposing fan base? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Heat are desperately going to need their depth uh, up and down that roster. They got to get game one, and I believe they can. And there's a heck of a lot on Bam at a bio's shoulders. Uh, but I'm going with the Heat culture. Uh, I'm going with enough experience besides their their starting five that has zero. Uh, and I'm going with the yeah the the vengeful factor of Pat Riley getting his guys and prodding his guys. Uh, and uh, I think they'll get it done. Let's go seven. Let's go Heat wow. in seven. We got two Heat in sevens. Uh, let's go to TK shaking his head. So I think he's leaning the other way. What do you got? Uh, this just feels dumb, honestly. I'm <laughs> caught between my brain and my heart. I'm oh. feeling exactly like JD and Tass. You know, <laughs> my brain tells me the Lakers are going to win. Yeah. Uh, they've got the two best players. Superstars are what matters. But in this house, we stand Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Are you kidding me? My cars don't have rear view mirrors. The reason I'm downstairs recording now is because we put in a giant fish tank upstairs. There's nowhere to sit. I'm going heat and six just because I want to be rooting for Jimmy Butler. I don't want to pick against him three straight series and have him pull it off every single time. This is for 2013. This is for 2015. Let's go, Jimmy! Oh, my goodness. All right. We got three guys in the heat here. Uh, the Lakers are heavy favorites, by the way, in Vegas. Or, or a lot bigger than I thought they would be. But uh, we got two heat and sevens. Trey goes heat and six. Lee, where are you leaning, man? Ah, oh, man. I thought I was going to be on an island. I thought the logic, the brain though. clearly says <laughs> go to the Lakers here because it's LeBron. You don't. We don't want to see LeBron go three and seven in the finals we want to see him win his third championship for a different franchise but i don't want feel good i said at the start of the show i want crazy nothing would be crazier than if the miami heat pull this off after after everything that's gone on with jimmy butler and the heat this season and now down in the bubble surely surely it's a lot more fun to at least cheer for the miami heat and i've also realized these predictions don't mean anything anyway (laughs) i'm going for the heat because i want the heat to win i feel bad because i want lebron to get another championship but not this year i want the miami heat i'm going with the underdogs i picked the heat in every series so far they won in four games they won in five games they won in six games so it makes logical sense yeah they're gonna win in seven games here i've got a a man crush on tyler hero which is embarrassing to say because i'm 44 years old he's 20 years old that's nearly illegal (laughs) i shouldn't but it's just so much more fun cheering for the guys you want to win i'm going for the heat in seven will they win it in seven <laughs> probably not but who cares you Give me guys the heat. are you guys are drunk oh my god and i love it i'm here for it okay look <laughs> so i am taking the lakers i will be the lone guy on this podcast to take the lakers yeah go ahead and boo me um but i am excited i agree with you guys that it's going to be a long series i do not think this is by no means going to be a lakers sweep or even five i think it goes six or seven I talked about in the last series when the Lakers played the Nuggets, the Lakers were the big brother to Denver. You could just see it. They were the bullies. They were the one that could push them around. You know, just things went their way because they were the older brother. The heat to me, to keep up this weird analogy, they're like the crazy cousin that shows up every (laughs) once in a while. They're not going to be bullied because that crazy cousin that lives in Sarnia that you haven't seen in two years and they show up every once in a while, they've seen some things. They've done some things at an early age. They've stolen a car already, you know, took it across the border. They became a carny for a summer. What? You're 13 years old. How are you a carny? They're not afraid, right? They're not going to be bullied. 
So it's this weird dynamic <laughs> that I'm super excited about, but there's no way I am going to pick against the team with not only the best player, but then the second best player in Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, I still think could steal or win a finals MVP in this. Definitely. I think you could see some Definitely. special numbers. So I think that's in play. I will go Lakers. You know what? I'll go Lakers in seven because this is going to be an awesome, awesome battle between these two teams. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm really excited, as I talked about as uh, on our last podcast. I love that it is the Lakers and Heat here. And I love that all these weird storylines as we started this one, all this intertwining. Like, we haven't really talked about, like, does Spolstra know the secret to uh, slowing <laughs> LeBron or getting in his head? Like, who, who really knows? Um, so, yeah, I'll go... I'll go Lakers in seven. That that crazy cousin, man. He's a wild card. Oh, the Sarnia Carney? Oh, man. The Sarnia Carney, man. They oh, I'm telling you, they, already, they smoke. Crazy, man. They, they've been smoking for years already. They didn't buy, buy any packs of players there, Lee. So we will see. Okay, so I got Lakers in seven. We got a lot of heat in seven. We got a heat in six. Let's hear from you guys. Tweet at us, at No Dunk Sink. Break it down. Why are you picking a team and why and how many games? Stuff like that. Let us know in the YouTube chats as well. That was a fun one. Hope you enjoyed that. Like I said, we'll talk Doc Rivers and the Clips parting ways tomorrow. We'll get into Victor Oladipo rumors. And we'll answer a bunch of your questions when we hit the beach. So email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksinc. Can't wait. Game one, NBA Finals tips Wednesday. And we'll be back, of course, on Thursday morning to recap what should be a very exciting finals. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Lakers in three. (laughs) Embrace the day, people.